Wandering Journo at Stories That Matter Studios. I'm Nance Haxton, and this is The Streets of Your Town. The podcast that takes you on an audio journey through theatre of the mind, highlighting a different slice of Australian life each episode. Imagine being at the top of your career, leading your own legal practice, but unable to find appropriate professional clothing to wear. This is the dilemma that faces Supreme Court solicitor Carol Taylor regularly. A car accident in 2001 left Carol Taylor a quadriplegic, paralysed from the chest down and unable to move her fingers. Since those difficult days of adjusting to her new life, Carol has become a mother and returned to work, becoming principal of Taylor Law and Conveyancing. And now she adds fashion designer to her achievements. Carol's experience and dissatisfaction with off-the-rack clothing not meeting her needs of living with a disability has inspired her to address her and others' needs for clothing to be both practical and enable the wearer to feel beautiful and glamorous. Carol Taylor's works are now on display in the exhibition Agency by Design, Expressive Design for Disability at Artisan in Brisbane. Her dream now, while continuing her career as a solicitor, is that her creations can be made into patterns for people with a disability around the world to wear. It's been a long journey. Um, I severed my spinal cord in 2001 um, and the depression after my injury was quite severe um, and my recovery has been a long journey but I'd have to say that um, art has been the first step and uh, that was thanks to my husband. Um, he came home with some art brushes and classes and set me on a, a road to recovery to help me initially to overcome the depression of a catastrophic injury. So the creativity was really key to you finding what your next step would be? Really. Yes, I never knew I could paint. I'd never mm-hmm. painted before. I was taught by Irish nuns and we, my head was in books most of my life. So art was never part of my life before my injury. So it feels like I've discovered a whole new aspect to my being and thinking that I never knew was there. And does it sit quite comfortably with your career as well? Uh, You've got wonderful achievements there as a solicitor? Yes, um, I was a solicitor before my injury in Sydney and then um, when our son was about, I had our beautiful boy, um, which was a a journey in itself. Um, I had him after my injury when we'd been told that we could never have children took eight eight years to get him and when he was about eight years old I sort of started to miss my sense of professional identity so I thought I, I might return to what I knew which was the law but of course not in the capacity that I had done in my previous career and I didn't want to go back to that lifestyle that that hectic driven I was extremely uh, career driven and long hours and had my own practice and um, so I, I didn't think I'd be welcomed by an employer And I also didn't think that an employer would give me the flexibility that I now wanted as a mum to be there to yell at my son to get ready for school in the morning and to be there to hear all about his day when he got home. Mm -hmm. Having worked eight years to get him and 15 embryo transfers and miscarriage and I nearly died having him. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to be there for all of that. So my husband said, well, why don't you do what you did before and start your own practice? And I never imagined as a quadriplegic that I could do that. But that's the the wonderful thing about someone that loves you unconditionally and believes in you unconditionally. Everything is possible. 
Oh, that's just uh, what a fantastic journey. And also now we're looking at some of your incredible creations here. Tell us a bit about how you started, you've moved from painting into design. Well, I guess I, my art initially I, I would donate and offer to the Perry Cross Spinal Research Foundation as a way of raising, fundraising. Mm. But then, of course, the, the foundation would have a ball and I'd need something to wear to the ball. And as a quadriplegic in a, in a powered wheelchair, it was impossible to go out and find something that I could wear. Is that right, really? I think people might be a bit surprised about this, Carol. Can you tell us why, why is that so difficult? Well, there's so many different aspects that affect um, a quadriplegic like myself and, and many others with, I'm sure there's a, there's a whole plethora of, of different aspects that affect different disabilities, but you speak to what you know. And um, for myself, I can't sit on fabric. I can't sit on a skirt. If I sit on a skirt, I run the risk of getting a pressure sore. A pressure sore is it's an ulcer. It could put me in hospital for months. So I, in that photograph that you see in the exhibition of me wearing this ball gown, I'm actually wearing a pair of jeans, but I've designed the ball gown to go around. It's, I call it my smoke and mirrors ball gown so that I can appear to be wearing a ball, ball gown but protect all the you know, pressure sores mm-hmm. and uh, so there's issues of sizing and shape and all sorts of things that, that uh, make it impossible for someone like me to go and buy off the rack. So I've, over the years, had to design and create for myself, and I've been asked by other people in wheelchairs, where did you get that, how did you, and, and it evolved from there. So it sounds like you've discovered quite a niche here that you can create for, Carol. Well, I, I, I hope so, that mm. would be nice, um, and, I, and I would particularly like to, I like this current aspect of putting my art onto fabric and then making the garment with my own artwork on the fabric and that's that's very exciting and quite surreal to walk into the gallery and see today. Is it the first time that your work has been exhibited in this way? Oh, certainly on fa- oh, well, Actually, with the Pericross uh, Gala Ball recently, I asked the three speakers there. We had um, Lindsay Knott, who's in the gallery at the moment, and of course Pericross himself and Dr. Dinesh Palapana. Would they be my guinea pigs so I could design waistcoats for them? And they all three agreed. So that was my, my first challenge. And um, I was delighted with the way they turned out. But wonderful to see it here ready for the public, I suppose, for that wider public to really appreciate the skill and the beauty and the actual, how practical this is as well. Art can be practical after all. Well, I just, I really feel very strongly that people with physical disabilities have been left out of the fashion conversation Mm -hmm. and I would really like to change that. To truly see yourself as part of a culture, you need to see yourself reflected in that culture. The classic examples I think of, obviously, at the moment, you've seen the great success of that movie, uh, Crazy Rich Asians. Mm-hmm. First time we've seen an all-Asian cast in a rom-com. Mm-hmm. And the, similarly, I think there was that movie, um, Black Panther. Well, I, it's the same for people with disability. You know, To truly see yourself in a culture, you need to see yourself reflected in that culture. And to not be able to go out and buy clothing for someone like like myself it's an indicator that the world doesn't see you as someone that fits in or sees you rather as a bit of a misfit so I think we need to change that we need to embrace change and torpedo towards fashion inclusivity 
Wouldn't it be wonderful to perhaps see a, a fashion show or uh, some sort of online store, perhaps where we could have some of these creations? On oh, the look, the people. Um, I have to give credit to people like Carly Findlay and um, mm. Nikki Hind. Last year in Melbourne, they had a, a Melbourne Fashion Festival had a wonderful spotlight on this very issue. Mm. Carly's got amazing yes. clothes and she's just incredible. Yes, absolutely, mm. and full credit. And so I'm certainly mm. not the first, but I would like to I would like mm. to think that I might be the first, to my knowledge, be the first quadriplegic designing mm. for other people with physical disability mm. rather than rather than able-bodied people that may not have the lived experience of disability creating for people with disability. Well, here we are next to some of your beautiful creations. I just can't help but touch this beautiful velvet here. I wish that uh, people on the podcast realm could have the, the sense of touch, but we'll have to describe it for them, Carol. Tell us a bit about what you've done here to create these beautiful items which you could wear to any ball, I imagine. Really. Thank you very much, Nancy. <laughs> You know, the first thing I'll say about this is, and it's a reflection of, it, it really highlights the point I'm trying to make mm. here. We couldn't, we could not exhibit this ball gown other than in a photograph in the exhibit because we could not get our hands on a mannequin that would be seated in a wheelchair. And I think that is... It sums it up, really? It really sums it up. <laughs> we have this garment that I've created, but we couldn't display it on a, on a mannequin. Mm. And it, it begs the question, you know, why don't we have disabled people in shop windows? Why don't we have disabled mm. mannequins in wheelchairs mm. in the major shopping centres? Yeah, you know? yeah, that's right. So this, this ball gown is made of, well, it, it's two pieces rather than mm. with three pieces, in fact, as with someone in a wheelchair with their knees permanently bent, wearing a skirt always presents a problem as the fabric tends to drop down in between your knees, mm-hmm. uh, giving you know that doesn't look the best. Okay. So yeah. that very first little lapel that you're looking at, that little piece uh, attached to the skirt, that goes across the knee mm. um, to stop the fabric on the skirt from falling between oh, your brilliant. knees. brilliant! Yes, and then the top goes over the. And I love this tulle, is that? Tulle, Just yes. to, again, keep the, the dress out and looking really dramatic, I suppose. It, it, it does. It, it gives mm. it a bit of um, um, body. It is, as I said, it's, it's designed to fit around my wheelchair mm. um, and to take into account all the problems that someone that is a quadriplegic and permanently wheelchair-bound, you know, we have this unceremonious wasting away of muscles that just sort of land in your lap over the years you know, because of the lack of um, use. And you have to learn to, to dress around that, to, to detract from those problems. Everybody has something. And, you know, even if even able, able-bodied, and even when I was able-bodied, you were never satisfied with your body. There's always something that you'd like to improve upon or, draw, you know, draw attention away from. And it's no different after an injury. You still want to make the best of yourself. Fashion is, is, a, is a form of self-expression and uh, speaks to your identity. It just proves to me that things can be practical and beautiful. And so often people seem to think that, oh, no, if it's going to be practical, it, it can only be that. But uh, we can merge these. We have, <laughs> I think we have in the marketplace certainly adaptive clothing but uh, from what I've seen, well, my position is I don't want to see uh, tracksuit pants and oversized jeans to continue to be the norm for people in wheelchairs. Mm-hmm. And I admit that there are uh, manufacturers out there of adaptive clothing, mm. but in my view, it's not fashionable clothing. No, there's a time and place for that. Yes, so. it's functional and very often designed to uh, assist the carer with ease of dressing more so than 
the the fashionista within the disabled person. And I imagine him for you as a solicitor too. You'd you'd want a certain level of professionalism in your dress. Have you found that a that challenge been, as well? That has been very challenging. Mm. Trying, I mean, creating a, an evening glamorous wardrobe for myself was one challenge, but then trying to create a corporate look. As a lawyer, I, I've mm. done a bit of public speaking and travelled a bit to talk on different aspects of the law, and you know you want to fit in with your peers, um, and dressing. I mean, you know, I've certainly had to make it, uh, changes to my wardrobe and design for myself. What I'm wearing at the moment mm. is something that I've um, designed for myself. It's beautiful tweed. I love it. Thank you very much. <laughs> but, no, you can't walk, uh, rock up to court in tracky dacks, really. No, not no. the look we're looking for. Not, no, it's not, not the look we're looking for. And, <laughs> and, it, and it, it's, it's empowerment dressing rather mm. than power dressing. It's, it's how it makes you feel, um, the confident level, confidence level it, 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 it instills. And it also, for me, it speaks to my former self. So mm. it, it enables me to still connect with that person when I do have my lawyer hat on, as opposed to uh, when I'm at home in creative mode as an artist, I am immediately drawn to colour and, and lots of it and, and lot soft flowing. Uh, I think there's an example out there, one of my caftans. Oh, caftan, beautiful. I'll have to go and have a look at that myself. So thank you so much for joining us in Streets of Your Town, Carol. It's been really wonderful. But how long is the uh, exhibition here uh, think, in Brisbane for? I think the exhibition is on until July. And I would ask, I would encourage people to come and have a look. There's lots of little smoke and mirror tricks. Uh, for, and I'm, you know, a lot of people have asked, um, am I looking at just women or am I going to look at men as well in my oh, fashion? And, mm-hmm. um, I certainly am. And one of the pieces out there is um, something that I've designed for uh, the very dynamic Lindsay Knot. Um, and it's, it may seem like a simple waistcoat, but there's a lot of thought that's gone into it. The shape to suit someone that's permanently in a seated position magnetic buttons, invisible zips, things like that, to make it easy for for, um, uh, for dressing as well as to look fashionable and, and fitted. So please come along and, and see it. And, and I'd like to thank um, everybody involved at Artisan for inviting me to exhibit. Um, it's certainly a wonderful opportunity and I thank them all very much. And for people, because uh, of course this podcast can go all around the world, Carol, but for people who are interested in accessing or finding your work, um, is there a website or anything? At like the that? moment I have a Facebook page just called Carol Taylor Artist. Um, or you can look at Taylor Law and Conveyancing. You can always yes. find me there as well. <laughs> so we can, people can contact you there about how to find this beautiful clothing for themselves and, and perhaps to, to spread this movement far further than just here in Australia. That mm. would be wonderful. Carol, hopefully this really is just the beginning of this spreading much further, do you think? I hope so, Nance. I really do. It'll be very exciting, and, I, and it's for me. I wouldn't consider it work because I'm passionate about art and I'm passionate about fashion. But I guess the the position I've arrived at is that I may be on wheels, but it's my fashion that moves me forward. And people underestimate the power of these aspects of society, don't we? That that fashion is inclusion, as you were saying. If you're not wearing what expresses you, what you're reflecting the culture around you, you're not really part of it. If that. you're not seen, in, if you're not seen in your culture, you don't. You know, you're not. Reflect, you have to be reflected in it to feel part of it. Do you, and would you hope that perhaps even people could start taking patterns and being able to use your creations as I, well? I would love to see my creations, my designs, my artworks on the designs, and then 
then graded in pattern sizes so that people with disabilities, just like the fashion industry was overhauled to accept larger sizes and plus sizes, and we now have shop spaces uh, giving up uh, you know, to plus sizes, mm-hmm. I think that we need to embrace this wonderful niche market. And why not have areas of David Jones allocated to you know accessible clothing? Absolutely. I mean, it was a massive shift um, when they finally had to embrace having bigger sizes. I mean, the the fashion industry was dragged kicking and screaming, really, weren't they? But hopefully, this won't be quite so hard. And you know, and now it's the new normal. We yes. don't think twi- we don't think twice of going into mm. the department stores and seeing plus size areas. So it needs to be the same for for disabled for, for accessible clothing. Hopefully, it will be. Thank you so much, Carol, for joining us Thank on you Streets very of Your much, Town. Nancy, it's been my pleasure. That was solicitor and fashion designer Carol. Taylor speaking to me from her exhibition at the Queensland Gallery of Art and Craft Design, Artisan, in Brisbane's bustling hub of Bowen Hills. Streets of Your Town is produced by Nance Haxton, aka The Wandering Journo, with production assistance from Michael Adams. That's it for this episode. I'm Nance Haxton. Stay up to date with the latest episode of Streets of Your Town by subscribing on your podcast app on iTunes or SoundCloud. See you next time.